welcome to the Restoration Church Life Podcast. We hope this resource helps keep you informed about the various happenings inside the life of our church and equips you to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Hello again, Restoration Church. We are recording another uh, podcast where we're thinking about the gospel accomplished and applied. In the first couple of episodes, we thought about the gospel accomplished in regards to the five words. So we had God, man, Christ, response, God. And then last time, we thought about the gospel accomplished in the four aspects. What were those four aspects, Nathan? Hopefully you remember them. Yes, they were (laughs) justification, uh, redemption, propitiation, and reconciliation. Yes. I didn't do those in order. But not that there necessarily is the order. Although there might be a little bit of an order. There might be a little Paul bit of an order. Paul seems to maybe indicate that there's an order in Romans 3. Yes. 21 down to 26. Uh, and reconciliation, we also lump adoption in there. Right. There might be some yeah. nuances, but yeah. uh, we wrote those together. So, so the idea is now that we have the, the gospel accomplished, defined, we want to start moving toward the gospel uh, ap- applied to our daily life. So... Uh, Nathan, what would you say are a few dangers in not moving toward application? Well, there's a misnomer out there, I think, and it goes like this. Right doctrine leads to right practice. So that's a half-truth that does not always equate to a reality. So, you know, we can think about it this way, right? When you think about the Pharisees, they had, for the, you know, for the most part, they had really good doctrine, right? They understood what the text was teaching, although they, they missed the heart of the matter. They totally missed the heart of the matter. But, uh, you know, I think about this even going back to seminary. When we were in seminary, I mean, I was an idiot, but I was full of a lot of doctrine. Uh, and I was not practicing a lot of what I was thinking. So, so if we don't apply it, it's just information that stops in our heads and doesn't move its way down into our hearts. So that's a danger. Right. And what you, what you see in the book of James, when James says, even the demons believe God is one and shudder. In other words, their theology, their thinking is accurate, yeah. but it's not a love. It's not motivated by a love and an application of yeah, that doctrine. It's got to move like the yeah. Lord actually calls us to calls us to things. It's not just to properly understand things, but love is a verb, as somebody said before. Yes. I don't know All right. it was. All right, so that's one danger is that you, you stay in your head. Uh, and you don't, which is not really correct theology to begin right, with. Bad theology, yeah. yeah. Yeah, right doctrine does not always lead to right practice, and so yeah, that's one danger. So we need to actually work it out. So thus, the need for application. Okay. Anything else come to mind? Another danger. Yeah. That would come to mind as it relates to not applying. Yeah. Um, gosh, I think that first one may—that's the one that in my how mind. That, how would it inform, say, evangelism? Right doctrine, if it's not applied. Yeah, if you're not if you're not moving toward application, how might that begin to affect your evangelism, telling others about Christ? Well, first off, you might not do it. Yeah, <laughs> so that's a danger. Uh, let's see. Secondly, how might it motivate you if, if you're not applying the doctrine? Oh, I'm missing this one. All right. So I, I'm just thinking. So if if, if I'm regularly rehearsing the yeah. gospel to myself and applying it in my own lives, right, it's going to be quicker and easier for to me to see how the gospel in its multifaceted nature will apply to someone else as well. So it's not right. just always a Jesus died on the cross for your sins, repent and believe. That's true, right? But that's going to speak differently to someone who's struggling with their identity and work yeah. versus someone who is struggling with addiction versus someone who maybe. 
uh, is more religious and so forth. So I think just applying the various aspects of the gospel are going to help me speak it in a way that's coherent. Yeah, you were, well. but the question was not how does it inflame us. Your question was what's the danger if we don't apply it. Yeah, and so I'm saying if we're not applying the gospel to ourselves, yeah. we're going to be more reticent and not understand how to apply the gospel to others. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So in, in, I think that's going to affect our... So if I'm not applying the gospel to my own life, yeah. it's going to be harder for me to do it yeah. when I'm speaking to others, whether that's believers who I'm yeah. discipling or yeah. those who are not yet believers and speaking the gospel in a coherent way. Yeah. So yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, uh, so why don't people do this? Why don't they begin to move toward application? Because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do. It's, you know, it's much easier to just sit in a classroom and believe stuff and talk about it than to actually live it out, right? I mean, the Jesus uh, could, you know, he probably lived and taught the truth, but when it came down to, I mean, well, he was living it before, but nevertheless, when it came down to securing the atonement, securing a, a redemption, uh, that was very difficult for him. Right, so sure. we see that in the Garden of Gethsemane. So I think one of the reasons people don't do it is because that is apply it, is because it's hard. Yeah, you know. Can you think of another reason? That's probably the best reason. Ah, uh, end of the day, it's hard. Or it's I mean, it, it's hard, but also it could be uh, that it's just in some ways maybe this is the opposite of of hard, but just laziness. That's mm-hmm. that I just I don't take the time to think yeah. about it. So I yeah, I read my Bible in the morning. I check it off. I've mm-hmm. prayed. I've attended church and. Uh, I'm not striving to think about the rest of my life through a gospel lens. And somehow it's disconnected from that. And so trying to see all of life through that gospel lens is hard work, uh, but maybe it's, I'm lazy and I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. So, so maybe, and so we've said one, it's hard Two, people are lazy. I think a third reason would be people don't see the connection. I think about this a lot. You know, even when we think about the church, so Restoration Church, right? People, generally speaking, if they come from a Western background, they have some kind of a category for the church. And they recognize that at some level I should, you know, go to this. But they don't really understand, they don't make the connections between what they believe and those ideas, how they connect into the life of a church. Consequently, I would say one of the reasons, another reason people don't do this is because they don't slow down long enough to make those connections. So they're not seeing how what they believe needs to work its way out in various facets. Now, that could be another aspect of laziness. We could say that they're being lazy in their thought life and applying the scriptures. But uh, so, but I think it would be good to kind of pull that out and look at it for a moment. Yeah, you connecting know? it. Yeah. yeah, people don't take the time long enough. The, the average person I speak to, if I were to ask them, let's say again about the church, using the doctrine of the church, you know, most people I speak to, it's not as though they... Uh, think that the church is bad or unhelpful or whatever the case may be uh, as to why they're not participating in it. But at the end of the day, when I ask them questions, they just haven't thought about it. And when you actually help them think it through and then show it, show where it is in the scripture and how it connects to the gospel, it begins to make more sense. And people go, oh yeah, I guess I should be a member of a church or I should submit to a elder or I should share the gospel with somebody or, you know, uh, but they just haven't taken the time to be active in their minds, to apply the truths in their own minds, connecting the dots. Yeah, so that's that's part of the hope of, of this podcast is to help begin to apply. And, and on the whole, while we speak in generalities, I think it's also 
uh, right to encourage our church. They do this well. They seek to try to understand things and apply things to their lives. Uh, you got an email today about parenting and how might the gospel imply right. the way we disciple our children. Yeah. Uh, I've had numerous people ask me questions about how might the, the gospel inform if they take a job or should they take a job or should they move or yeah. should I date this person or any numerous number of factors. Because yeah, so. if we're not applying this, then I don't know if it's really worth doing. And yes. the, right? I mean, I, I, right? Think so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh, all right, so yeah. we, we've talked about uh, some dangers and not moving toward it, and and maybe why we don't. So, how can we begin? So we're gonna we're gonna do this mm-hmm. uh, on the on the next recording, next episode. But how can we begin? What are some general principles we can begin to think about in moving toward applying the gospel to our lives? You share with us, Joey. I'm sure maybe you have one thing in mind that maybe you can think about. Uh, the the as I wrote this question, as I, and as I thought about, it, I think the first thing is reading the Bible rightly. That's the first thing. So reading the Bible with a view yeah. toward Christ. Yeah, yeah. Because that's going to force me or help me to think about even when I'm reading, I'm reading through Isaiah right now. Right. And I'm revisiting the whole sermon series we did last year, Judgment, yeah. Hope, Glory. Right. And so I can read that in a way that would be disconnected from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that would be really disconnected from my life because I don't have a whole lot in common with Hezekiah. Uh, and Sennacherib and the Assyrians. Right. And yeah. so I think, but when I stop and I say, okay, what does this tell me about God? Mm-hmm. What does this tell me about my need for God? Mm-hmm. And how is that met in the person of Christ? And how is this scripture connecting? It's helping me think through applying the gospel in my daily reading. So I'd be, that's, I think that's one of the first things mm-hmm. where we begin to work out gospel application personally is reading the Bible with a view toward delighting in Christ. Yeah, that's good. That's helpful. Yeah. That's helpful. Maybe another one would be, you know, I, I'm thinking about uh, the text we looked at a couple weeks ago when Paul called the Philippian church to imitate him. So, you know, maybe another way as we begin to apply things is, you know, just look around, you know, and notice other godly people in and around you, both your maybe your parents or people in the church or, you know, good friends, whatever the case may be, and kind of begin to ask yourself the question, what kinds of things do they do that maybe I could learn from to, so as to begin to apply uh, the truths that I read in Scripture. So, one, you're talking about kind of taking additional steps of applying the text of Scripture. Another one would be just looking around and paying attention to other godly people, learning from them so as to kind of help begin to help you think about how you need to live out certain aspects of the Christian faith. And what would be one or two questions that you would advocate as, you're, as, you, as you tell people they should look at others? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to learn some things by looking, but you're also going to probably need to ask some questions about, like, so what would, what would be some types of questions you would encourage others to ask when they see people emulating godliness well, as it applies to thinking about applying the gospel? Yeah, first off, like be around them, I would need, I would tell them. So, so that, where are the people? Right. So like, yeah, so like they need to, the questions are going to naturally arise when they watch them do stuff. So instead of just asking theoretical conversation, you know, theoretical questions in a Starbucks, you know, what if this, whatever the case may be. But if if somebody is walking around with me or in my apartment and they see me maybe discipline my sons for whatever reasons, they're going to naturally say, Nathan, why did you ask it? Why did you do this? Or why did you do it like that instead of like this or whatever the case may be? So so I think, first off, you need to be in those environments. And then the questions that, that are... Uh, uh, that should be asked are the kind of why questions. So, like, why did you do this? Why did you not do that? Uh, I think the why questions really go a long ways in helping people begin to apply those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I've had, I've had people ask me, so why did you, 
why do you do dinner the way you do? Why do you, you know, have daddy dates and those types of things with your daughter? And, and hopefully, not everything have I thought through carefully, but a lot of my parenting and discipling I have, by mm-hmm. God's grace. And so, yeah, I think it's helpful to be able to articulate those things. The how questions would be helpful too, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, how, how do you go about this? That's right. That's so right. not only why, but all right, so now that you told me why, but all right, then how, what, what does it look like or how does it look? Right, yeah. yeah. So why not? Yeah. So, all right, so uh, any other, I have one more. Yeah, go shoot. All right, so I would say another way we begin toward applying the gospel would be to read good books that help you do this. Mm. So I'm thinking about the book that we mentioned on a previous uh, episode of this would one would be Death by Love. Mm-hmm. So that's written by Mark Driscoll and Gary Brashears. Mm-hmm. And it takes, I think it's, I don't know, 12 or 13 chapters. Yep. And all it does is spin the gospel around facet by facet and begin mm-hmm. to apply it to real life situations. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be a good book that I'd recommend. Yeah. Uh, one right now you're reading with Alejandro. Yeah, which, the Gospel for Everyday Life, I think it is, by Jerry right. Bridges. That's right. Yeah, so he's doing the same kinds of things, kind of taking these ideas and beginning to apply them. So that'd be another one. A third, I think, another ca- this would be a category though of book is uh, biographies or autobiographies, uh-huh. in particular of missionaries, pastors, or just regular old Christian people. Uh-huh. Uh, so you know, I think about one of my favorites is the autobiography of George Mueller. So if you want to learn how to begin to apply prayer to real life, go read George Mueller and see how he did that. Now. I don't necessarily recommend, you know, you're not allowed to ask anybody for money like George Mueller did. But nevertheless, you learn a whole lot about prayer by reading Mueller. Yeah, and you see how those brothers and sisters of the past have applied the gospel yeah. uh, to their own lives and it's motivated them. Uh, so we have um, Death by Love, The Gospel for Real Life by Jerry Bridges, uh, biographies. And I'll throw one more out there that if you've hung around with me long enough, uh, to know it's one of my favorites, but it's You Can Change by Tim Chester. Mm-hmm, good book. And just a wonderful book from beginning to end, taking the gospel and applying it to ourselves and others that we might be changed by the power and the pattern of the gospel. It's like 186 pages or something like that, but I read it in a day, and I'm a slow reader. Yeah, every chapter ends with two or three pages of, of yeah. questions and so forth, so it's a pretty short book it's and very short, accessible. High, it's one of those great, high-impact, easy Reads. Yeah. So uh, next time we're going to talk, we're going to take those doctrines, the doctrines of propitiation, justification, redemption, and reconciliation, and we're going to talk about real situations and begin to apply them. So again, this is not just categories, but real Give life. Give a preview. Uh, so, for example, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about propitiation, how propitiation, that great doctrine of a word that we cannot even hardly pronounce, how might that help? someone who is uh, feeling bad or thinking that God has punished them because they looked at pornography last night. Yeah. How does that doctrine connect? Uh, that's a, that is applying the gospel, the gospel accomplished and applied. That is definitely applying it. There you go. So that's we'll come doing. back next time and we'll do that. Good times. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Restoration Church Life Podcast. May God continue to give us the grace to make disciples that delight in the supremacy of Jesus Christ in Washington, D.C. and beyond.